Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. How are you holding on these days? No, no, seriously, how are you holding on these days to things like hope and joy and faith? Some of you might say, Ben, I'm not holding on. I actually let go a couple of months ago. And if that's you, I'm so glad that you're giving something at least one more shot. Some of you might say, Ben, I'm barely hanging on and I'm not sure how much longer I can do this. Others of you might say, Ben, I'm daily engaging in harmful habits, but at least they're helping me cope with each day that comes. I want to tell you a couple of things I believe both will be hopeful right from the beginning today. The first one is this. Every single person, including the guy with the microphone on right now, every single one of us to some degree have found it difficult to hold on over these 10 plus months. And at the same time, I want you to know Being completely honest, I am passionate about helping you hold on to your faith. But not just me. Our our entire team here at Epic Church has spent over 10 months praying about how to help you hold on to your faith. We, We spent over 10 months thinking creatively about how do we help you hold on to your faith. We have strategized, we've been deep in discussions, Every single week, multiple days, usually daily, every single week, some version of our team coming together go, hey, what can we do? Should we start doing this? Should we stop doing that? And in case you're new here, in case you just haven't um, found out some of these things or you just need to be reminded, let me tell you what we've done just over the last 10 plus months to help you and I hold on to our faith. Think about this. Over the last 10 plus months, we started telling compelling stories every single week. Over the last 10 plus months, um, we took all of our groups digital because we weren't just going to shut down. We had to find a way for those groups to continue to meet to help you hold on to your faith. Our students have been getting together every Thursday night for nearly a year now so that our teenagers will be able to hold on to their faith. Our Epic Kids leadership, they took all of the programming from in the room to online just for kids so that even a four-year-old or a fourth grader would be able to hold on to their faith. Um, I started writing a weekly letter to our church back in April. It comes out every Tuesday at 10 a.m. just because I want you to be able to hold on to your faith. Lindsay typically goes on Instagram Live to bring inspiration, encouragement, sometimes just laughter, cooking skills, um, just to help people stay connected, to help them hold on to their faith. We started a COVID fund so you would know God's still here, even if you lost your job, so that you could hold on to your faith. We started 
started a care strategy where we're texting you, calling you, emailing you. Why? Because you know, we just want you to be able to hold on to your faith. We've done this Sunday production thing. We added a fourth gathering so that you could catch it live. And we also added on demand. Why? You know the answer by now because we want to help you hold on to your faith. And we are launching right now a brand new group session this spring because we care deeply about helping you hold on to your faith. And I promise you this, if God would give us more ideas that would help you hold on to your faith, we will implement those ideas. And when the ones that we've tried or we're trying right now, when those no longer prove to be effective, we will scratch those and we'll find some other way to help you hold on to your faith. And here's why. Holding on to your faith will mean everything for your life today and for your life to come in the future and for your eternal life. As we continue this Prepare the Way series, I'm going to give you a plan today. I'm going to give you a compelling plan to help you hold on to your faith. And I'm simply calling this message, Help Me Hold On. Help me hold on. In the scriptures, there's this metaphor that flows out of a historical event, and we find it all throughout the Bible. In fact, I taught on it just a couple of weeks ago, and the historical event is that amazing moment where God comes to the Jewish people, the nation of Israel. They've been enslaved for four centuries under the rule and reign of Pharaoh, and he uses Moses, of all people, to go to Pharaoh and to lead his people out. And when he takes them out of Egypt, he intends to lead them into the promised land, the land known as Canaan. So that's the historical event, but then you see it all throughout the New Testament, and we can apply it to our lives today. In fact, today I'm going to give you a New Testament text that points back to that historical moment and lets us know how we can have a different outcome than so many of those people did. You see, God had a big plan for their future, just like he does for yours and like he does for mine. And yet most of those people who were freed from their slavery in Egypt, most of them never stepped foot into the promised land. Why? The reason they could not step foot into the promised land is because they were not able to hold on to their faith when things got tough. And it makes me wonder, is it possible we are going to miss out on what God has for us because we can't hold on to our faith? Even if you're ready to throw in the towel, I just want to ask that question again. Is it possible that we are going to miss out on what God has for us because we just can no longer, right? We were good for six months. We were good for 2020, but Ben, it's 2021 and circumstances are not getting a whole lot better. And I just don't know if I can hold on. Well, if you'll just hang tight for the next 20 minutes or so, I want to cast a compelling vision that I think will at least give you the desire to hold on because there is so much at stake. For the Israelites, it wasn't enough that God intended to give them a prosperous future. It wasn't enough that they wanted an abundant future. Guys, it wasn't even enough that God made a promise to them. They actually had to believe the promise that God made to them, and so do we. And here's the thing about belief. Without faith, we cannot please God, and we will miss his plans for us. Without faith, we cannot please God and we will miss out on his plans for us. So here's the question that everyone watching right now, whether you're watching this on Sunday or you're watching this some future date, here's the question we all owe to ourselves. Here it is. How can I hold on to my faith in God regardless of what comes my way? You need to ask that question. 
how can I, how can you, how can we hold on to our faith in God regardless of what comes our way? Because some of us are telling ourselves, if we just get through this pandemic, everything will be smooth sailing for the rest of our lives. And I want you to know that's just not the case. I pray that it goes away. I pray that things get better. But one day there's going to be a sickness. One day there's going to be a crisis of faith. One day there's going to be a career issue or a relational issue or something stirring in your family or a medical issue. But something else is going to happen. And so what we need to do is right now, while we're in this tough, dark moment, we need to establish what's my game plan for holding on to my faith, regardless of what comes my way. Now, our main text for today is out of Hebrews. Again, that's New Testament, but using the metaphor and the historical lesson from this moment that we find in Exodus, where they're freed from their slavery and they're going into the promised land, or or at least they should have been going into the promised land. Our main text is Hebrews 3, 7 through 19, but I want to start in verse 6. And here's why I want to start in verse 6. I'm going to spend the bulk of my time today giving you the how. How do you hold on to your faith? Before I give you the how, I want to quickly make sure you and I get the why. Here's the why in verse 6. So Hebrews is a book that's written where this is the theme. Jesus is greater than everyone and everything, and Jesus is better than everyone and everything. That's the theme of Hebrews, using lots of Old Testament imagery. So in verse 6 of chapter 3, the author writes, But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if, huge if there, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. I love this. Here's the why you hold on to your faith. Here's the why you don't let go, no matter how dark it is right now. You hold on to your faith because Jesus is faithful. He's faithful as the Son of God over God's house. And listen to this. You and I, we are his house if, if we hold on. If we hold on to our faith, if we hold on to our confidence, if we hold on to the hope, in which we glory. Now the main text is getting to the how in verses 7 through 19. And here's what we read. So as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me. Listen, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Here's the game plan. See to it. Let me say that again. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold, there's that hold word again, our original conviction firmly to the very end. And it's just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter. Why? Because of their unbelief. So much in this text that you should cling to because the remedy for how we're going to hold on to our faith and not lose our faith is right here in the text. And the first thing I want to say is this. It is possible for every single one of us to walk away from our faith in God. 
It is possible for every single one of us to walk away from our faith in God. And you're thinking, Ben, not me. I've been on this journey with Jesus for a long time. Some of you are thinking, Ben, not me. I'm a small group leader here at Epic Church. Some of us might be thinking, Ben, I get paid to be on the Epic staff team. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to walk away from my faith. Listen, it is possible for every single person to walk away from our faith. All of us have this potential. Look at what God says to them. You kept testing me and trying me, though for 40 years you saw what I did. Listen, we're going to spend the month of February talking about what we saw God do over the first 10 years of Epic Church. But church, believe this, just because we, we were faithful to his vision for the first decade will not guarantee we'll be faithful for the second decade. And just because you have this, I hope, historic faith experience with God, it doesn't guarantee you that you'll continue to live that out. So here's what I want to urge everyone to do. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to keep your faith in God. I want you to do whatever it takes to keep your faith in God. I love this. This is the, the, the imperative in verse 12 is really the, the, the impetus for the sermon that I wrote for this day. That, that phrase, see to it, it's, it's a warning. It, it's a take heed. It is a pay attention. It is a, if you don't do anything else, make sure you do this. I assume you have some goals for 2021. Like Ben, the only goals I have are to get my kids back in school, to take my girl out to dinner, and to get a vaccine. Times two, unless Johnson & Johnson comes through. Whatever goals you have for this year, I want us to all move this goal to the very top. Here's my number one goal. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to stay in the fight. I'll do whatever the scriptures tell me to do, but I'm not going to let go of my faith. I'm going to hold on. And then the question is, how do you hold on to your faith? Well, a couple of things that are pretty obvious. One is that we spend daily time in the scriptures. I love what it says in this text. Today, if you hear his voice... Some of you are like, Ben, I, it's been days since I've heard his voice. Listen, he has spoken. Yes, he can speak in real time. He can drop something into your heart while you're listening to this message. He can drop into my heart and mind while I'm giving this message right in this moment. But I know that God has spoken. And so if I want to hear his voice today, I need to open this or pull out the app on my phone and go, God, I need to hear from you. It says today if you hear his voice. So we want to be at a practice where we're hearing his voice every day. Secondly, we want to have this habit of prayer where we're in silence listening to what God might say to us and we're also petitioning him, we're talking to him, we're worshiping him, we're asking him. And so we want to do those things and those practices will go a long way in helping us hold on to our faith. But friends, believe it or not, those things by themselves will not be enough. Here's the other one. The only way to keep your faith in God strong is through consistent encouragement from others who are keeping their faith in God strong. Now, it sounds like a catch-22, right? Okay, the only way I can keep my faith in God strong is consistent encouragement from others who are keeping their, How are they keeping their faith strong? Because they have consistent encouragement from others who are keeping their faith strong. And this is the beauty of the church. In case you think the point of church is a 50-minute gathering on YouTube, that's not the point. We use this to launch into what is the point. And the life of our church is us doing life together because our faith is at stake. This is the entire point. And how do you do it? That's verse 13. You encourage one another daily. How many of you just go, Ben, 
I've got too much encouragement. I need people to back off texting me scripture. I need people to stop praying for me. I need people to to walk out of my life. I've just got too much encouragement. No one is raising their hand and says, saying, I've got too much encouragement. We don't have enough encouragement, but this is the point of us starting this church. This is the point of our group's life here at Epic. We do groups. This is our way. We've structured the imperative to not walk away from our faith by being encouraged frequently from each other to stay in the race. Keep your faith. Run your race to the very end because the promise is for those who make it to the end, not for those who showed up when life was awesome. It's for those of us who make it to the end. And we want you to make it to the end. So here's my question for you. How are you staying encouraged to hold on to your faith? What's your plan? How are you staying encouraged to hold on to your faith? And then we need to ask this question. Ben, what does encouragement protect me from? Well, again, it's right there in the text. I mean, how do you keep yourself from turning your heart, verse 12 actually, away from the living God? I love the writer of Hebrews. He's like, some of you saw God in action. That God is still alive. Don't turn your back on that God. The God who freed you, the God who rescued you, the God who saved you, that God is worth following. Do not turn your back on that God, but you've got to have encouragement in this frequent rhythm so that you can stay in the game of faith. But another reason we stay encouraged is because it protects us from what the scripture says is the deceitfulness of sin. It protects us from the deceitfulness of sin. Now, think about the word deceitfulness. Like, this is a tricky one. Here's how sin deceives us. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. They were deceived because Satan led them to believe that what God said was off limits was actually their best path forward. The way sin deceives you and the way that sin deceives me is it promises us something, but it doesn't deliver. I think the greatest example of this is if you read all throughout the Proverbs, I remember my father pointing this out to me. It's speaking about different kinds of sin. And it says, the sin appears to lead to life, but then it says this phrase, but in the end, it leads to death. And you know what the worst part is about being deceived by the very nature of the definition of deception? The worst part about being deceived is that you don't even know it's happening. So our nation's gone crazy lately. Would you agree? And when we see things like the insurrection, when we see things like racism, when we see things like a double standard and how some people are treated versus how other people are treated, you and I, we get angry and rightfully so. And we say things like this, I can't believe people are so evil and wicked and you're right. But you know what I think is more than people being evil or wicked? I just think they're deceived. So like when you hear things or when you and I see things, they've been fed a narrative and they've bought it hook, line and sinker. And so yes, people are evil to a certain degree, but I think people have literally been deceived because they believe everything they hear. They believe everything they read. And do you know who the easiest person is to deceive? It's the person that's lonely, the person that is self-isolated, and the person that's cut off from other people, or at least cut off from the right kind of other people. We're two weeks away from beginning a new group session here at Epic. And this one matters. 
You're like, Ben, I'm sure you say that before every session. I probably have said something like that, but let me tell you why this one is significant. The, the reason group life is more significant at Epic than it's ever been is because this pandemic season has made the practice of community both more challenging and more necessary than it ever was before. And as your pastor, when it comes to wisdom, I'm not gonna tell you to go break any laws. I am gonna tell you this though. You cannot do life on your own. So you figure out the best way, the wisest way to do it with someone else or someone's, or more than someone. Maybe it's a small group. Maybe it is just one other person. But we've created the groups for this purpose. Now, do I want you to sign up for a group so you can connect with people? Sure. If you just saw the video we played, maybe you're inspired from William because he said he met great friends and he met his wife in his group. There you go. That's a perk. Um, Do I want you to be in a group because you're going to be cared for? Uh, Sure. But here's the whole point. I want you to listen closely. We live life in community with each other because we know that our faith in God is at stake. We live life in community with each other because we know that our faith in God is at stake. And I'm not immune to this because I'm the pastor. There are men and women that I have stayed connected to even in this pandemic, social distancing, can't go anywhere and be with anyone world, if you know what I'm saying. I knew that I had to have that. Now I've done it with wisdom. I've done it being appropriately cautious, but I've had to do life with people because I know that if I lose my faith, then what happens to my marriage and what happens to me leading my family and what happens to me leading this church? We've got to hold on. And that's why we live life in community. And if you're thinking about signing up for a group, uh, the question is not, do I have an hour to spare each week? The question is not, oh, would it really make the staff at Epic happy if I signed up for a group? The question is not even, um, you know, will I meet some cool friends? Here's the million dollar question when it comes to whether you should sign up for a group. Here it is. How much is your future faith worth to you? Do not run by this question. I'm gonna ask it a couple of times. How valuable? How priceless? How much is your future faith worth to you? Something I've learned over the last year or so, and you probably have learned it too, is that if I only do what I feel like doing, I'm not gonna do very much. Anybody else? Anybody felt a little lack of motivation, even if you're type A? For me, I've just felt this lack of motivation, so I've, I've had to put practices back into my daily life. Like I had to start setting my clothes back out at night. I had to start setting certain things up, making sure I did get up when the alarm clock went off because I didn't feel like doing any of these things. But what I've learned is that I can't allow my feelings to lead my decisions, practices, and habits. I must allow my decisions, practices, and habits to lead my feelings. Here's how it might look in a few different scenarios. When you and I don't feel close to God, we're prone to not spend any time with God. But if you'll spend time with God when you don't feel close to God, eventually you will feel that intimacy again with God. Most of us only practice gratitude when we feel joyful. But if you will practice gratitude when you don't feel joyful, I promise you that joy will trail that practice of gratitude. And listen, I get it. Like, why in the world, when you feel lonely, afraid, exhausted, anxious, depressed, shameful, why in the world, when you feel like that, would you show up on a Zoom call to talk to people that right now are strangers 
Because you need it. Because that's exactly when you need, verse 12, see to it, brothers and sisters, that you encourage one another daily so that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. Because if you're at that place and you're all alone, you're in jeopardy of losing your faith. So I want you to sign up for a group. And I want you to practice being integrated into this church community. And I want you to make a future investment or a current investment in your future faith. But here's the thing. If today you sign up for a group, you make an investment in your future faith, but you also make an investment in the future faith of the rest of us who are part of this community. And check this out, entire church, listen. As we think about what God has for this next decade, if we will hold on to our faith, And we'll get into this encouraging relationships with each other where we all hold on to our faith. We're not only making an investment in our future faith, we're making an investment in the future faith of people who will be here one day, but they're not here yet. What's that worth to you? Listen, I get it. We're all a little bit tempted just to throw in the towel. I told somebody the other day, hey, if, um, if you guys could hire a lead pastor to come take my job just for the rest of the pandemic, as soon as it's over, I'm your boy. But no, I can't bow out. I'm not gonna throw in the towel just before breakthrough comes. We've gotta ride this thing out, but we can't ride it out alone. And so right now, you need to go to epicsf.com slash groups, and you need to sign up for a group because your faith in God is at stake, and you need to do everything you can to hold on to it. I thought a really fun way to end my message was to have our community pastor, Lindsay Lee, um, come up here. I just want to ask you some questions. Maybe they're ones I sent you. Maybe they're not. That's good. Um, You know, Lindsay oversees our entire group's ministry, and so I know you think strategically about this. Obviously, this uh, is incorporated in some part of our one-on-one agenda, one-on-one agenda every single week. But as we think about spring 2021, after what we've lived through, after uh, the reality that we're going to be in this for a little bit longer, a little bit longer, um, just tell us, like, why do you think this session especially is significant? And what are the kinds of things we're offering that you're excited about? Yeah, I think that this session is especially important because of how long we've been living in this pandemic and in San Francisco under a stay-at-home order. And so I think there's this compound effect of fatigue and also discouragement that a lot of people are experiencing right now, and that's tough. Um, It's just hard. We can honestly say it's almost been a year since, just fill in the blank, since we've gathered together as a church, since you've been into the office, since you've traveled or you've seen friends or family since you've hugged someone, and and that's really hard, which is also why I'm really excited that we're about to launch this new session of groups, because there's an opportunity for every single person who's watching right now to be a part of one of our groups, and we've got some great groups for people to be a part of. We've got groups for young professionals and married couples and a parenting group and faith and justice, and if you're new to faith, we've got Alpha, and then you're teaching the Bring It Out course, helping people find their purpose, which is so important. And so no matter where you are in your faith journey, no matter where you are in life, we have a group for you. And I think that's really exciting. Totally agree. And everyone knows, or at least they would be able to guess that it's 
impossible because of the stay-at-home order for us together like we long to. Um, But what does our current reality make possible that is pretty incredible, even as we think about what we experienced in our own group last fall? Yeah, so all of our groups are online, which means that anyone can join from anywhere, which I think is a lot of fun, and I love this. One of our group leaders lives in Ireland, so that's where he's running his group from. And so it's time zone friendly to people who are living in Europe and Africa and Asia. And so we're seeing people stay connected all over the world. Just in our group last session, yeah, we we would be ending the day Tuesday night, but then we'd have someone in Africa starting their day with us. And so that was really cool to get to experience. And then digital groups give this flexibility to people that I think in some ways can make it easier to commit to a group and to actually show up to that group. If you're a parent, you can join a group that starts after your child's bedtime. You don't have to worry about childcare or leaving the house. If you've worked a full day and long hours, you don't have to think about a commute anymore. You can join a group straight from your living room. And so there's a lot of flexibility. And so with digital groups, I think almost anything is possible. Totally agree. Yeah, there was one time um, in the fall where uh, live on our Zoom group, um, we had people in three continents at the same moment. And I was like, wow, okay, I definitely want to get back in person, but this made some pretty cool things possible. I think we were in Kenya and uh, South Korea, uh, as well as all over North America. Um, Okay, so, like, this is your job, of course. This is my job. We want to get people into groups. Uh, But I know that for us, we're not immune from the same kinds of challenges. And so, like, what have you personally discovered over these 10-plus months um, about what I've been talking about all night? Like, is, like, if it's not true, please don't say it. But what have you discovered personally um, about this idea that we really do need each other if we're going to hold on to our faith? Yeah. One of the things that personally I'm just most grateful for is that I have been able to keep my faith throughout this last year because it hasn't always been easy. Um, through loss and grief, uncertainty, mm-hmm. challenging circumstances, I have been able to hold on to my faith. And so I often think about why mm-hmm. and I think about how. And this is what I know. God has given us himself and he sustains us, but then he has also given us each other through the local church. And so this community has been a gift from God to me. And so this community cares for me, encourages me, prays for me, reminds me of what is true when I'm tempted to believe things that aren't true. And so that's helped me to hold on to my faith. And I think one of the most incredible things is that this isn't just reserved for me, that this kind of community is available to Mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. And so we really believe that if you will connect to other people in this epic faith community, that it will help you hold onto your faith right now. And so we've created these groups to make it really easy to stay connected to other people, which is why I think everyone right now should go online to our website and join a group. Yeah. Guys, we're two weeks away from beginning a month-long celebration of Epic's 10 years in the city. And so, um, as you might imagine, this has caused a lot of reflection time for uh, those of us that were part of that initial team. And uh, gosh, I think about that first summer, 2010, we all moved here. Um, This is off script, by the way, so we'll see where it goes. Um, Yeah, and we had a dream and we had a vision, but we didn't have more than the 13 of us that were here. And I just remember 
how crucial it was to hold on to our faith collectively. And now, you know, I don't know, 10,000 people that have walked into our church in those 10 years. Um, now there's this robust community that so many of you are part of. And if we could say anything, right, like it would just be like, this is worth it. It's worth it when we have a lot to celebrate, which hasn't happened a ton lately. It's worth it when we're struggling. Um, we've walked through personal stuff together. I mean, you know, Lindsay was mentioning how hard this year has been. So that what is it like when, you know, our family and others, show, others of you show up at her house because her father's passed away? What is it like when, you know, Shauna and I didn't know if Kavita was ever going to join our family? What is it like when Will lost his father? What is it like when many on our team has had health complications, right? I mean, we've, like, and you guys hopefully sense this, um, but we have a deep, deep bond with each other. We love each other. We're not all the same, as you might guess. I mean, Will and I are exactly the same. Um, but we have this deep bond. Here's why. We knew to thrive in San Francisco, we needed each other to help us hold on. And if you're going to thrive in the city, and if you're going to hold on to your faith, see to it, the writer of Hebrews says. See to it. Make a plan. It's not going to happen by accident. Join a group. Why? Should you hold on to your faith? Because Jesus is faithful. How do you hold on to your faith? Get in the life flow of this church where we encourage each other daily. Live it out. Again, I want to close by asking you, what is your future faith worth to you? Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for what you're speaking to my heart even in this moment. God, I do want everyone to be a part of it. But God, I'm so grateful for the men and women in this room and out of this room that are coming to my mind. When I didn't know if we could start a church, when I didn't know if our daughter would come home from India, when I didn't know if God would provide certain things. People kept saying, Ben, let's not give up. Ben, let's keep praying. So God, I'm grateful that I've yet to walk away from my faith, but I know the temptation's there for me and everyone else. God, would you deepen every individual's resolve to be in the life flow of this community? And God, would you deepen this community collectively? God, we don't want to turn away from the living God. We don't want to be deceived or or go astray in our hearts. We don't want to not be able to enter the future you have for us because of our unbelief. So God, would you bind us together through Jesus, who's so faithful, so that we could hold on to our faith because there's so much at stake. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.